What's going on, guys? This is Sam from Dodgers Debrief, and on this episode, we'll be previewing opening day for the Dodgers and going through some season predictions, not only from me, but also from other fans. Let's get into it. So, as we all know, the Dodgers are playing the Rockies at Coors Field, and the first game is going to be uh, Clayton Kershaw versus Armand Marquez. Uh, so, just to preview that a little bit, we know that the uh, the Rockies lineup, uh, especially without Arenado, really sucks. I mean, you know, obviously anything can happen at Coors Field, and fly balls turn into all kinds of stuff. But no one in that lineup is really f- too formidable, except for uh, Trevor Story, who's one of the best players in the game, and arguably the best shortstop in the game. Um, but looking a little bit more, their lineup isn't really all that interesting, so we're not going to talk about it a ton. But uh, looking at what the Dodgers are probably going to throw out there, I would imagine it's going to look like um, this, based off what Roberts has said and how they usually structure their lineup. I'd imagine it's uh, Betts and right, then Seager and short, uh, at short. Turner at third, Bellinger in center field, Muncie at first base, and then Pollock or Taylor in left field. You know, Pollock, I would start Taylor instead, but I think they're going to start Pollock because it's more established, and I I just think they've been showing a lot of favoritism toward him him in left field. That's fine, but Taylor's been walloping the baseball this spring and ever since last year, ever since he became a Dodger, really. But I would would start Taylor instead, but I think Taylor's going to get a lot of playing time, just not quite as an everyday starter at the same position, which is, you know, unfortunate. But regardless, let's move on. Um, Lux will play second. Roberts has said he's basically going to be the everyday second baseman. And then I think it'll be Barnes uh, catching Kershaw because they have, they have a good rapport and um, he's a better framer. So we get some more strikes for him, which is always important considering his kind of diminished stuff and fastball velocity. Uh, so what I'm actually expecting from Clayton Kershaw is uh, in his first start as a world champion, I'm expecting, you know, five to six innings, um, He's not super built up, but he almost got the 90 pitches his last time out, even though he was terrible. So we'll see how that goes. But again, five to six innings from um, Kershaw, maybe maybe two to three earned runs. Obviously, you can never tell in Coors Field, but he's a guy who hasn't been too affected by Coors in his career. I think he's got one of the best, some of the best numbers there ever. You know, obviously he has that everywhere, but it's especially uh, you know, noticeable at Coors Field. I think um, I would expect maybe six innings, three runs, so, something like that. I don't think he's going to be dominant, but I don't think he's going to be terrible as he's been in this spring either. So I guess my prediction for the game is uh, the Dodgers win 7-4. They do okay off Marquez, and then the Rockies bullpen comes in, and that's where things kind of really go into the Dodgers' direction. But, you know, Coors Field, I'm not going to, you know, not going to predict a, you know, a wild Dodgers win in that sense. Uh, so the rest of this series is um, uh, Trevor Bauer versus uh, Antonio Senzatella. And then we have Walker Buehler versus John Gray on Saturday. And to finish it out, we have uh, Julio Arias versus Austin Gomber. Gomber, I'm not sure how to pronounce that, but that's the main piece they got back in the no-one Arenado trade. And then uh, Dustin May will start game five of the Dodgers' season in Oakland. We've done uh, you know, like a really quick preview of the first series. I think we see the Rockies so much, it's not worth going to talk about a ton of the pitchers because you got you guys all know who's on the Rockies and that kind of thing. Let's talk a little bit more broadly about the team because I think that's much more much more interesting kind of anticipatory of, you know, opening day. It's a, it's a big deal. Let's talk about the entire season as a whole. So I think a lot of, pro, not, proje, not projections from system, but predictions from fans are really high in terms of win total. Like, I, I don't think they're going to break the um, the Mariners and I guess the Cubs from forever ago. Um, that record of 116 wins, I don't think they're going to come close uh, because I am expecting a World Series hangover. And I'm expecting they'll play maybe 500 ball for like the first half month or month of the season before having you know you know quite a good summer. I think they've they've done the best they can to avoid this this effect, but I, I just think it's kind of inevitable almost that 
you know, it's nothing wrong with their attitude. It's just kind of how it, how it is. I think it's going to, it's going to be tough. Obviously they say the motivation is the same. I, there's nothing like the motivation of not having won uh, the world series for your, your team in 32 years and just losing constantly. There's nothing like that to kind of get you going quickly. So I think usually, you know, usually they start out, they play for the first week, two weeks. They usually play um, at around 500. They'll win a few games. They'll go on a big losing streak, kind of going back to 2019 and then 2018, obviously. They were quite bad to start the season, but again, that was some bad luck and things like that. Regardless, I think that little kind of usually, you know, 500 streak to start the season um, will extend just oh, just a little bit longer. I think you know it's a long season, getting back into the grind and nothing to nothing to worry about really. I just think they're gonna knock it off to a super hot start. And I do think as a result of this, the Padres might lead the division for a month or two, but um, I think the Dodgers will end up winning it by anywhere from three to six games with the Dodgers getting to the upper 90s and maybe 100 wins. We'll talk about that a little later. And the Padres, lower lower to mid-90s. Uh, obviously, they're a very good team. And I just think the Dodgers will outlast the Padres through um, like the amount of depth they have that lets get them through the the longer season. And you know I, they're just better in general. I think there's just more talent, more depth, and m- more experience in that sense. So I do think we'll win the division, but it's not. It's going to be for a little bit looking a little dicey. Um, and we'll, we'll be tighter than a lot of people would probably like, but I think it's just important to remember this is a 162-game season. Not every game is the most important thing you've ever seen on TV. Um, so I think it's just good to temper expectations a little bit and remember that it's it's a long season. And um, trust the Dodgers, trust the process, trust the front office. They're going to win the division, and I think they're going to win the World Series. Of the World Series, I think um, I do not think they're getting off to a slow start in the postseason. But So I think um, if we start with the National League wildcard game, I think that's going to be the Padres versus the Mets. Um I think it'll probably be in San Diego, but I don't, it doesn't really matter. I think um, the Padres are going to find themselves facing Jacob deGrom and just not have enough to answer with. I think deGrom is going to just shove maybe complete game. I mean, that's always a lot to ask for a pitcher nowadays, but he's got the stuff to do. I think he's going to absolutely dominate them. Um, and I, the Padres are going to lose that series, I think. Or, excuse me, that, that one game. I just think not even as something bad that happens to them, but just the fact that you're, you have one game to win and Jacob deGrom is your opponent. I think, you know, they'll have Darvish or Snell or someone pitch, like, decently, but it's just going to be too much for them. So I think, sorry, Padres fans, although none of you are listening, obviously, um, it's going to end poorly this season for you, just from bad luck, almost, in that sense, and who you have to face. Luckily for the Dodgers, though, because DeGrom will be starting that um, wildcard game, I think he will only be able to make one start in the uh, NLDS that the Dodgers will play against the Mets after they win the wildcard game, So which is why I think the Dodgers are winning that game in four, uh, excuse me, that series in four games, because, you know, if he had, if he were able to pitch two games, I'd be much more worried, um, but I do think that lines things up favorably for the Dodgers, and that start they lose will probably be maybe game three where DeGrom is starting, in that sense, but I, I do think the Dodgers have uh, much more, at least, the Mets have a rotation with a ceiling that's somewhat similar to where the Dodgers are at, but they don't have a nearly as high a floor, so I do think the Dodgers, just in the depth of their rotation, will, will overwhelm uh, the Mets offense and I don't, don't think the Mets rotation and bullpen will give the Dodgers too much trouble outside of DeGrom you know if Syndergaard comes back and is what he was a few years ago that could be problematic but I still don't think it will be enough to take down this Dodgers lineup so now we get into the really interesting stuff which is I think we're gonna have another Dodgers Braves NLCS I think the Braves will beat uh I don't know whoever, whatever bad teams comes out of the Central. Maybe, maybe the maybe probably I think I would put money on the Brewers, but maybe, maybe the Cardinals um, in their NLDS. But regardless, I think it'll be Dodgers Braves in the NLCS. And you know what? I think we're going to seven games again. 
the Braves are, I think, being underrated by a lot of a lot of people and a lot of projection systems. Interestingly enough, rotation really good. Their bullpen's a little shaky, but they're they're in a good enough spot where they can they can try guys out during the season and um, you know trade for guys guys they need or, or make adjustments in that sense. They're really young. They have good prospects. They have a really good young core. Um, so I do think we'll be seeing them in that NLCS. I think they're going to win the NL East. But I do think it'll be Dodgers in seven again. I think it'll be kind of a similar situation where we're just kind of able to outlast them and win that game seven, preferably with Walker Buehler on the mound, but I don't know if he'll be lined up in that sense. But I, I just trust our rotation more than and bullpen more than theirs in that sense. But that that is a good team. That, you know, that That's going to be a very, very hard series for the Dodgers to win, but I do think they'll be able to pull it off in kind of a similar fashion to how um, they did this year, but hopefully not getting down to quite the hole they did doing a little better out of the gate. So now we have arrived at uh, the World Series, where I do think the Dodgers will be playing. I don't I don't see any major roadblocks to them winning the um, the National League pennant. Um, you know, obviously, other than October randomness and variation, which is very real, but kind of, you know, like an annoying thing to predict. I, I don't think they'd have to play poorly and for that to happen, I think. Um, and I, I don't really see that being a combination that, that we have to deal with. And I do think the Dodgers will be seeing, surprise, surprise, the Chicago White Sox in uh, the World Series. I think a lot of people are overrating the Yankees and underrating the White Sox. I do not trust that Yankees um, team to, A, stay healthy, and B, I don't trust that rotation. Cole's really good, but behind him, you know, Tyone and Severino, if they're healthy, they're, they're good. But I, I'm not, I don't have enough faith in um, the Yankees, I guess, to, to get them there. And I just think we'll have pitching depth that it will be exposed, and they, you know that lineup gets very hot and cold. They're all kind of very similar right-handed hitters for the most part, and I think the White Sox are, are probably a better team, or at least can beat can beat uh, can beat them in a playoff series. I think they have underrated pitching with Giolito, who is a stud, Lance Lynn, who's very dependable, and um, a few young guys like like Kopech and some others whom I'm forgetting right now. But I do think I do think the the White Sox will get to the World Series. They also have a really good bullpen with um, guys like uh, Bummer, I believe, is still there. Uh, Liam Hendricks, obviously, is disgusting. And um, again, other guys I don't know off the top of my head. But they're they're in a really good position in that sense to win the American League, in my opinion. I do think though they'll be kind of out of steam or out of gas by the time they face the Dodgers in the World Series. I think um, it's gonna be kind of like a like a Padres this year situation. Uh, excuse me, not this year anymore. Twenty twenty. Um, where they're, they're just they're a really good team, but um, they're inexperienced. They're not. They're just not quite ready yet, and they haven't played a lot in the postseason. I think we're. I think I do think we're kind of going to clobber them. I think we're going to beat them in five to uh, win the World Series and go back to back. I just don't think they have enough pitching to get through our, our lineup, which is by far uh, the best in the game. And I don't think their lineup is going to give us a ton of trouble. So I do think we're going we're going to beat them in five. I'm looking at something kind of similar to the 2018 World Series where we kind of got clobbered, um, and I don't I don't trust really th- their manager. I think Roberts can outmanage Larusa pretty pretty easily, um, but again I don't know a ton about that situation. But I do think um, we're going to win the World Series again. Obviously, you know, biased, but I, I, I see a path. But I al- I also see things that could derail us. Like if we see the Padres, either the Padres, Mets, or even the Braves somehow if they don't win the East or we get we don't have the first seed uh, in the National League could easily beat us in a five or even seven game series. So obviously, nothing is guaranteed, but I, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. And I think a lot of even computer systems, which are usually very 
pessimistic, it seems, agree that the Dodgers have a very, very good chance to go back to back. And this is that's how they, that's how I think they're going to do it. We're now getting into some interesting kind of team predictions, like stat leaders on the team. I just took a few uh, statistic categories, you know, some offense, some uh, pitching, some kind of team stats. Just um, looked into some stuff like that and kind of wrote down some predictions kind of off the top of my head. So here is what I've got. Okay, so um, I, for the first category, it was home runs. And I think Corey Seager is going to lead the team in home runs. And I think he's going to hit 42. I think Bellinger and Muncy will be close, be- close behind Muncy. Uh, I don't know, anywhere from like 33 to 37, 38, and Bellinger with one or two more probably. But I do think Seager, ever since um, like a year ago right now, he's just been an absolute monster. His home run rate in the playoffs was crazy. He was on path for I think almost 47 uh, last season, even without what he did in the postseason. So he's just he's been on a tear, and I don't see any sign of that slowing down, which is why I think Seager will also lead the team at OPS. And I'm going with a Maybe conservative 925, but obviously it, uh, to even do that over a 162-game season is incredible. But I think uh, the on-base percentage will be a little bit lower than some other guys like maybe Bellinger and uh, Muncy and Betts. But the slugging, I think, is going to be out of this world. I do, though, think that um, hitting from the leadoff spot and with his speed, Mookie Betts will lead the team in runs with 113, which is maybe, a, a, again, a little low. But I want to don't want to get my expectations too high and do any crazy predictions. In terms of doubles, I know the, the the thing, at least for the past few years, has been, you know, Corey Seager double. Cause he led the, led the league in doubles in uh, 2019 when he didn't, when he kind of had, you know, an above average year, but not great. I think, though, a lot of those doubles are going to become home runs. So I think that um, the guy's going to lead the team in doubles is Will Smith, which is saying a lot because he's not probably not going to play um, more than 90 to 100 games because of Barnes's good defense and just they're trying to keep him healthy. Uh, I think he's going to hit 36. I think that's going to be. Um, not league leading, but I, I do think he's gonna he's gonna lead the team in doubles with 36. Look at um, the pitching. I think that um, this might bother some people, but I think who's gonna lead the team in starts? This this is kind of obvious. I think it's gonna be Trevor Bauer with 31 because I just think they're gonna be the least worried about his arm because of the stuff he does to keep himself healthy. He does not have a lengthy injury history, especially with arm issues. Um, and I just think that that makes the most sense as guys who's gonna lead the team in starts and innings. I think that would not be. That shouldn't be a surprise. That feels like a very easy prediction for me. Considering he didn't pitch as far into the postseason as a lot of guys last year. Well, he did pitch more innings in the regular season. But still, I, I, I would be shocked if he doesn't lead the team in starts without a catastrophic injury. While leading the team in starts, I, I also think he's going to lead the team in strikeouts. With um, you know, I think if Mueller had the same amount of innings pitched as um, Bauer, I think there'd be a pretty significant case for him leading the team in strikeouts, but I think that Bauer is going to do it because of those innings pitched. He's been striking out a lot of guys this spring, I think. Um, and, you know, when he was with the Reds, when he won a Cy Young, I think he's going to have 246 strikeouts is my, is my number uh, for strikeouts for Bauer, but I, I hope it's more and uh, don't really care if it's less. I think all he needs to do is be pretty effective to be worth the money, basically, but I think um, he's going he's gonna to be really good. This is the prediction I think might might ruffle some feathers, so to speak. But in terms of ERA, earned run average, obviously not the best pitching statistic, but an, e- an easy one to predict because we're so familiar with it. I think um, Bauer is going to lead the team with a 296. I would probably have uh, Kershaw right behind him, but I haven't been thrilled with what I've seen from Kershaw on spring training, and I just think his fastball, he's going to give up a lot of home runs, I think, which is going to be hard to keep that ERA low. I think we're looking at something from like 3 uh, three to 310. I, ho- I hope I'm wrong. Um, 
but I don't think he's going to have his best, you know, a career year like he did last year. But I do think Bauer is going to be quite good. And that 296 is going to be um, among league leaders for sure. And then, uh, although if we look at the strikeout to walk ratio, I don't think Bauer is going to lead the team in that. I think he's going to walk, um, you know, more guys than I would like. But, I, you know, with the strikeouts, it's probably okay. But I think uh, Clayton Kershaw is going to lead the team in strikeouts to walk. Somewhere he's always been, uh, you know, tremendously effective and um, was really good at last year. I think he's going to have 5.6, which might be a li- little bit conservative. But, you know, I'm trying to diminish expectations for Kershaw just so I don't get disappointed when he's not, you know, Cy Young caliber necessarily. Um, speaking of Cy Young, I think that our highest finisher will be kind of on par with what I've been saying, Trevor Bauer at number three. I don't think what he's what I think he's going to do is going to be good enough to necessarily um, bring home the award, but I do think it's going to be a top three level, especially pitching in a big market, making a lot of starts, making a lot of noise. That obviously affects voters uh, and stuff like that. So I, I do think that he's going to finish top three in the Cy Young. And I think Bueller and Kershaw, Bueller four to six, Kershaw seven to ten probably. So, you know, really, really good. In terms of relief pitching, I think um, saves, bad stat, but again, Easy to kind of predict. I think Jansen's going to lead the team with 34. Um, I think he's going to not be – I think they're going to be careful with him because they don't want him to get fatigued and, you know, just injury, pitching a lot more innings than he did last year. But I do think he's going to he's going to have a pretty good year. And I think 34 saves feels like, you know, a pretty reasonable estimate. I was, you know, interestingly enough, I was talking to my dad about this. He's less confident in Jansen than I am. You know, almost everyone is. But – uh he had Jimmy Nelson leading the team in saves with 21. And I thought that was really interesting. Jimmy Nelson is definitely a guy that I would like to see if Jansen isn't able to handle the closer's role anymore, which I don't think is a scenario we're going to run into. But Nelson would definitely be high on my list of uh, a closer options because, um, you know, he's got a really good strikeout to walk, or at least has in the spring. Really good spin rate, good fastball, curveball combination. He's really effective. I think he's going to rack up some three-inning saves regardless. Um of the score and, you know, the closer's position. But uh, that's a really interesting idea, in my opinion. So I wanted to bring that up. However, I do think that our best reliever, kind of statistically, you know, you look at stat cast stuff like barrel percentage, hard hit, that kind of thing. Just who's the guy you want to come into the game if you need outs, period. I think that's going to be Victor Gonzalez. Uh, I think that he's been incredible. He's been one of the best relievers in baseball since he was called up, kind of very quietly. He's looked good um, this spring. His command has been less precise and less sharp than it was um, than it was in some in you know his dominant year in 2020 his rookie season. But I do think that um, that's going to be a problem that he can fix pretty easily because there have been outings this spring where he's looked uh, command wise very good, but he hasn't been getting hit at all even when his command's been bad. Like that's how good he is. That fastball slider combination is disgusting. He's absolutely deadly. Before we get into uh, more team wide predictions. I wanted. I was thinking about who I think the best, like non-roster, non-starter guy is going to be, and um, I think it's going to be Edwin Rios. I'm expecting a lot from him. You know, he had he had a poor spring, but he was hampered by a hamstring injury, so he didn't get a ton of playing time. You know, he he took some good at bats. He hit some hit some doubles. So I think that um, he's going to be really good in kind of a pinch hitting late in games role, especially if we don't have the designated hitter. He'll be really effective coming in as a pinch hitter against some kind of right-handed reliever. Just absolutely clobbering home runs. So I think he's definitely going to be our most valuable uh, bench guy in that sense. For um, team stats, I think team wins. I'm going with, what, it's crazy that this feels conservative, but I'm saying 101 because I am expecting a little bit of that World Series hangover. But I think that um, that's a really good estimate, especially with having to play 
the Padres a lot, and the Braves and Mets are also really good teams that we're going to have to play. So I think tempering expectations there is, is good. Team home runs, I have at 248, which is significantly fewer. I believe about 30 fewer than they hit in 2019. That's due to what, uh, you know, I think the ball is uh, ball being dead and um, less, I guess, bouncy, as, as people like to say. I think that's kind of a weird way to describe it, but that's what the experts say. So I think 248 feels like a good number. Again, I kind of just made it up, but did, did a little bit of math there. Um, our best MVP finish, I think, is going to be Corey Seager, one. I think that he is going to have a monster year and is going to, I think he's going to win the National League MVP. I really do. Um, I think Bellinger and Betts won't be far behind him. Both will be top 10. Expecting good, very good years from both of them. But I think Seager is going to win the award and get absolutely paid. But I do think it will be by us. I don't think they're going to let him go. Um, but, you know, you never know with Boris's agent. But that's not today's subject. I don't even want to think about that. Um, and then, yeah, I think that's all I've got for team predictions. So let's get into some of the bold predictions that you guys have. Well, I put out a tweet asking just for you guys' most uh, bold predictions, hot takes, anything kind of interesting like that. So I'm just going to go through these in the order in which I have them. So uh, at Nash Delirium says, Justin Turner struggles and Chris Bryant is a Dodger by the trade deadline. That is a hot take. That's a very hot take. I think... Um, if Bryant is a Dodger by the deadline, it's because Turner is is hurt for most of the season, not because he's struggling. I don't see Justin Turner struggling. He's lost a lot of weight. He looks really good um, this spring, both physically and on the field defensively. He's got great, much more mobility, it seems, and uh, he's still hitting the baseball. So I, I, I think that's really unlikely, but it's definitely an interesting scenario to consider. Uh, at uh, the homie Aus on Twitter says, I predict the team to go 102, Bueller strikeout 300. That would, I could easily see Bueller striking out 300 if he made 30 to 31 starts, but I think he's going to get closer to 25 to 30, just because they're going to be careful and he might have like a minor injury, like a blister might pop back up. If he pitches enough innings to get him to 300, I wouldn't be surprised to see that. 110-52, it's within the realm of reason. I mean, it wouldn't be super surprising to me to see him, but I do think it's a little high. Uh, Jason T on Twitter says, Arias ends up as our closer. Unless there's a lot of injuries to the bullpen, I don't see that happening. I think he's a starter. He's going to be an effective starter. I think for if he really hits his ceiling, he'll be in the Scion conversation. He could definitely be an all-star caliber starter, I think, as he has been throughout his career. So I don't think I've never been on the Arias to closer movement. I definitely think he could be used that way in the postseason because of the Dodgers' plethora of starters. But I think having somebody as a quality starter is much more valuable than having somebody as a closer, especially when he can pitch multiple good innings. So I think that's unlikely, but... Uh, more possible in the postseason. Dylan Oler09 asks, or says, at the start of the season, Jimmy Nelson will be our best pickup. Or excuse me, at the end of the season, Jimmy Nelson will be our best pickup. And I 100% agree. I'm, I am on board the Jimmy Nelson train, I think. If you guys follow me on Twitter, you know that. His spin rates have been absolutely off the charts. Um, and he's just looked really dominant. He's not giving up runs at all. He's not walking guys. He's striking a ton of guys out. He's just really looking like... Uh, one of the best relievers that I've seen on the team. And he could even be a starter. Like, it's insane that he's um, not even close to making our starting rotation in that sense. I love how he's going to be, quote-unquote, a two-winning monster, as Dave Roberts says. I love that. I love that he can come in after maybe Mayer or Rios has, has a closer to a five- or six-inning start. He pitches two great innings. He gets the ball to Trine and to Jansen. We win the game. I think it's terrific. I love the setup. Uh, Nolan on Twitter, Dodgers go 14-5 against the Padres and 16-16 against the NL West. Most random hot take I can think of. I like that. 
at 14 and 5 is a lot more that's tough against the Padres maybe and but if they do that I could see the 60 and 16 against the NL West I definitely think we're, we're going to dominate teams like the Rockies the Giants the Diamondbacks they're just not good and we are I think it's that it's that simple I, they just they're not going to waste time messing around with them they're really really bad teams the Giants are okay I never understand how they win as many games as they do looking at the names on that roster but uh, you know Farhan's a wizard so I, I don't even know but uh, David on Twitter says, hot take, Bauer becomes our ace. You know, I would not be surprised. I think Bueller, I, it's hard to say he's going to be a lot better than Bueller, but he might be better at limiting things like home runs and maybe walks. Um, that wouldn't surprise me a ton. I think Bauer, as I've you know said in my predictions, is going to be really, really good. Uh, David at Blue Blue 951 says, Seager will have more home runs than doubles. That, I am almost 100% sure is going to happen. I think he hasn't. He's had maybe two doubles this spring and eight home runs, so he's already on the right path. I think a lot of that extra power is definitely turning those into home runs. So uh, Derek J on Twitter says, "Bold prediction: Bauer low key won't come through for us. I repeat, will not come through for us." That I could also I could see happening, but I've been encouraged by what I've seen this spring. I think he, if if he if he gives up walks and then home runs, that could. I can see a scenario where this happens, but I do think it's unlikely. I think at worst, he has like a 3-5 ERA, you know, 11K per nine, you know, three or four walk per nine. And that, that's not great, but it, it's serviceable. And I think that's kind of his, his ceiling is, excuse me, his ceiling is as an ace. And I think he's going to be very close to that. His um, his floor is as kind of a mid-rotation starter. And even if he is that, we're, we're going to be okay. But I think it's unlikely. Uh, Andrew Goodwin says, Arias will be the ace. And you know what? That... It's possible. I don't think he's as good as any of our top three guys. Maybe he'll have a better season than Kershaw. That's not out of the realm of possibility, in my opinion. But I do think that um, this is unlikely, but de- definitely possible if he, if he recaptures some of what he showed in the 2020 posting and starts striking more guys out, um, you know, fewer walks. It's definitely possible. Darren says 162-0. I love it, but obviously not going to happen. Um Third string sports says Lux ends up batting in the three spot by the end of the season. That's interesting. I I don't think um, Lux is going to bat in the three spot just because he's on the Dodgers and we have guys like Turner and Smith and Muncie and other all kinds of other guys and even Taylor who would replace somebody like Turner if he went down with an injury. But I think um, Lux certainly I could see playing well enough to bat in a three spot for most other teams. He's had a really encouraging spring. Um, you know, batting average, not a good stat, but in this, in this instance, I think it's useful. He's batting, I think, around 350 for the for the entire spring. He's not taking a ton of walks. He's striking out more than I would like to see. Not a ton of power, but he's he's been, like, very very good, very very serviceable, uh, and definitely better than he's shown. Um, he looks much more relaxed, much more like the prospect in 2019 than, than the kind of disappointment in 2020. Uh, to finish this off, uh, Casey Batts says, 103-59 record, health-permitting. I think that health permitting certainly uh, underscores what um, kind of the, the theme of the Dodgers season. If they're healthy, they're going to p- play really, really well and win a lot of games. And I think the 103-59 is, is a very, very good prediction for record if nobody gets hurt. And I think that's probably our most likely, most likely one of these to come true. So uh, that's what I've got for you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. I really do appreciate it. You know, I go, I go look at the numbers. I see it. I'm blown away every week by the support for the podcast. I really, really appreciate it. Um, Guess what, guys? Opening day is less than 24 hours away. That is wild, considering how long ago it seems that the Dodgers won the World Series. But um, 
Yeah, if you guys want to hear more from me, uh, my blog, www.dodgersdebrief.com. That's always there. I'm always posting there. I'll be doing a lot more as the season kind of starts. Right now, I'm looking at um, some potential free agents that might be leaving the Dodgers uh, this offseason, seeing, you know, should we keep them, should we let them go, stuff like that, potential contracts. Um, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Sam underscore Shearer 99. All that is linked uh, in this episode description. Please remember to rate and review the podcast wherever you listen and uh, really share it with other Dodger fans who might be interested. I really appreciate would appreciate that and want to, want to grow their viewership and support for the podcast. Uh, regardless, though, we'll have the next episode out on Monday after the Dodgers' first series of the regular season. And that's kind of how I intend to do this, at least through um, the spring and, spring and summer on um, the podcast. Just have it out af- after every um, Dodgers series if I can. So I'll see you guys on Monday.